Hello and welcome. I'm Joanna Junak and this is GFN News on GFN.tv. In today's program, Tomasz Jerzyński, sociologist and data scientist at the Robert Zions Institute for Social Studies at University of Warsaw and Knowledge Action Change London, will tell us more about the substitution effect and dual use. Hi Tom, thank you for joining us today. We have heard on several occasions about the substitution effect. Can you tell us what it is? In the field of nicotine harm reduction, the substitution effect is the process of replacing combustible tobacco and harmful forms of smokeless tobacco with uh, safer products. The most important case uh, is to replace uh, cigarettes with them. To monitor such a process, it's necessary to monitor the dynamics of smoking and the use of S&P. The key is to compare trend lines. The best way to obtain this information is through repeated representative panel surveys. This type of survey is based on uh, asking the same group of people uh, at successive points in time. Moreover, to achieve our goal, uh, questions about cigarettes' use should be asked alongside questions about the use of safer nicotine delivery systems. For example, snus in Norway and Sweden, uh, e-cigarettes in UK and HTP in Japan. Uh, this may seem obvious, but it's not. Trends taken from uh, independent samples, usually from uh, from different studies, are of course comparable under many assumptions, but they uh, they never give us uh, as strong evidence as a comparison uh, within a single sample. Disciplinary panel studies can give us uh, information on changes in prevalence uh, over time uh, over time between nicotine uh, delivery systems from a single fixed sample of respondents. This allows us to calculate how many uh, have switched to safer methods of nicotine delivery, how many have uh, kicked the habit, and how many have added another to their uh, existing habit. If the sample is representative, the results obtained can be generalized in the population with a given probability. Of course, this method is not uh, ideal either. It's extremely expensive and burdened due to the sample shrinking over time. And are the results of such studies available? I have never heard of a study meeting both conditions. It means uh, being a longitudinal panel and involving multiple uh, nicotine, uh, nicotine delivery systems. I'm not aware of such studies. So, is it not possible to obtain relevant information on this subject? Of course it is. Instead of such an ideal uh, model, researchers turn to survey from different points um, in time, but based uh, on independent samples, sometimes even to surveys conducted by different uh, research uh, centers. Uh, this, this means that the different group of respondents is analyzed in each survey, provided, of, uh, of course, uh, that the samples refer to the same region. When the surveys are representative, researchers can infer changes over time. What are the disadvantages of this approach? What do recipients of the results of such research have to reckon with? Such information is of slightly lower quality than that obtained from the panel, as we are not sure that the observed changes are induced by time. It's possible that the differences between the two samples are self-induced, for example, when the sampling method of one of both of them are distorted due to uh, external circumstances. Can you give us an example? 
Yes, imagine the results of two studies conducted year after year. They show a significant decrease in smoking and, and a significant increase in vaping. You could say that uh, this is a confirmation of a substitution effect, uh, a, switching, a switching between nicotine delivery systems. In uh, laboratory settings, yes, but in reality, the uh, samples of these studies uh, might be skewed. The former might have included many more people from rural uh, areas than the latter. The prevalence of smoking in rural areas is higher than the, uh, in urban areas. And the prevalence of vaping is uh, the opposite. Uh, thus, the observed, in, uh, the observed uh, substitution effect is a false positive. It's due to differences in sampling and not uh, to actual changes. So, getting representative results is impossible? The situation I mentioned before is an extreme example. If the entire research process is conducted by an experienced, reputable and professional institution, we can trust the results. We can assume that the researchers make uh, every effort to be in line with uh, the principles of methodology. Of course, uh, of course ideals uh, do not exist uh, in reality. Uh, there is always a fraction of error. The better the quality of research, the better the, uh, and more um, reliable uh, the results. Surveys uh, are not uh, laboratory experiments. They, they never provide evidence in the mathematical sense, only confirmations. They describe the world of, uh, the world of propensities as defined by Karl Popper. So why are confirmations of the substitution effects so rare? Mapping the use of tobacco and nicotine products is patchy. The WHO promotes the Empower Tobacco Control Program, uh, the first letter of which refers uh, to monitoring. One of the key points of monitoring is the, is the collect to up-to-date information on the use of tobacco and related products. This is, uh, this is, an, ex uh, 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 this is an extremely difficult task for, uh, task for many countries due to the cost involved. As I mentioned, uh, both professionalism and quality are expensive. The problem has become more difficult in the post-pandemic reality of the global, global crisis, especially um, given that two time points provide poor evidence of a trend. In fact, we can start talking about the trend when we have at least three or more time points. The more time points to catch the trend, the greater the cost multiplier. Are there other methods of observing the substitution effect? Another source of uh, information is the market. It gives us a different kind of information, retail value and volume instead of actual prevalence in the population. However, changes uh, in market indicators can be useful as estimate, uh, estimators of changes in prevalence. The correlation, uh, correlation between market revenue and product uh, prevalence in the UK and New Zealand is over 19%, uh, which gives us a pretty good basis for inference. This is how we conducted our analysis uh, of changes in Japan. Based on the annual and uh, quarterly JTI and PMI reports, we are able to show opposite trends in the volume of retail sales of cigarettes and uh, HTP sticks. We observe uh, over 94 billion of, uh, units. Uh, unit, it's almost 52% monotonic decline in uh, cigarette sales since the introduction, introduction of HTP in 2014. 
During this period, sales of HTTP sticks have monotonically increased to over 70 billion units. Dual use is also a hot topic in the public debate. Do we have any information on this topic? Yes, this is important a point to consider when trying to map safer nicotine delivery systems is to know to what extent dual use is prevalent where use of the safer nicotine delivery systems is accompanied by combustible tobacco. Dual use information are what is not a surprise poorly available. Even if a survey has questions relating to smoking and use of safer uh, nicotine delivery systems, it is not a common practice to uh, publish statistics uh, where the information is uh, uh, where, where this information is uh, combined. Given that the raw survey dataset is usually not publicly available, it is not possible to produce such statistics for our analysis. Furthermore, the practice of dual use is also a dynamic process. It's common at the beginning of the switching process and usually expires naturally, ending in success or failure. Currently, we have only scrapes of information on the matter. Recent publication by Odanian Tabushi shows uh, there was up to um, 30% smokers among HTTP users in uh, Japan. In the UK, 38 of vapor also smoke. Uh, but, uh, but as I said before, this is a floating process and not a stable uh, state. Thank you, Tom. That's all for today. Tune in next time here on GFN TV or on GFN TV podcast. And don't forget to register for the Global Forum on Nicotine Conference taking place in Warsaw from 21st to 24th of June. Thanks for watching or listening. See you next time.